My guest this hour, this is someone with credentials and lots of interests. She's an author, mental health professional and counselor, a community a community advocate, a podcaster. She was twice a candidate for the Board of Aldermen in Waterbury, and she's a former member of the city's Arts and Tourism Commission. She's also the owner of a corgi dog named Preston and has been the guest host here on Talk of the Town in the past. Now, here's, here's the interesting part. She has described herself as being shy and an introvert, and that's not what I'm seeing sitting across the, uh, the console from me. Yet a story in the Republican American more than three years ago headlined her as a strong voice in the community. My guest this morning to talk about her new book is Liz Bullard. Liz, good morning. Good morning. You most certainly did your homework. <laughs> I did a little bit. Well, this is a new job, so you know you want to make a good one. You want to make a good first impression, and two, uh, you know, if you don't do a little digging and get stuff to talk about, it's <laughs> going to be a real long hour. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, first off, since we uh, since we don't know know each other, give me a little bit about your background. Sure. Um, so, for those who don't know, my name is Liz. Um, I have a little corgi pup named Preston, and um, you know, been in Waterbury for quite a long time. Involved in whether it's the arts or politics or community involvement. Been involved in all those different spaces. Just really, just trying to make the world a little better than I found it is essentially how I like to <laughs> coin myself. But you are a juggler. You have so many balls in the air. How do you do it? I don't do everything all at one time. <laughs> so, but you know, I really learned, um, especially the pandemic helped me with a lot of this, right? Managing my time, really prioritizing and reorganizing my time. Because I found like, you know, sometimes you're spinning your wheels, like going to all these different things, but they're not either making you fulfill, feel fulfilled or they're not really doing the thing that you want it to do, whether it's like making change or helping a certain group or whatever. So sometimes I do like little audits for myself, like where is my time going? Where do I want it to go? What's no longer providing joy that it uh, once was? That's good advice for everyone. <laughs> how, how did you come to writing? Is that something that they developed over time? And uh, and is writing a chore or an escape or both? Oh, really good question. So I've always, you know, loved reading. Like ever since I was like a, a baby, like my mom would read to me. So reading always was really a big part of my life. And I, you know, naturally when you read, sometimes you would write. And as a kid, sometimes would write, but wasn't really a skill that really got developed. Um, always did good in like English class and loved when they had like book reports and any of that. But it kind of got on the back burner growing up and, you know, other things take over. And during the pandemic, I had a friend on my other podcast, Coffee and Combos, and we were talking about kind of like self-care and is what you're doing enough to kind of decompress. And that sat with me, you know. And thinking about, like, is my current routine of just kind of, like, shedding the day job or, like, life stress enough? And so when she said she was doing um, a, a writer's type of, like, meet in the morning and we would do writing prompts, I said, well, let me give it a try. So every morning since it's been, what, like two years, we meet 8 o'clock <laughs> Monday through Friday. We were meeting for, like, a half an hour. Now we meet for an hour or more and we chat at early in the morning at 8 o'clock Eastern and we write, we do writing prompts. And from that, it just grew. And we started kind of challenging each other to do, let's write and do longer stories. And from there, some people went to start series, finish series, have four or five or six books. And so it just kind of like this collaboration of 
cheering each other on, that gift kind of got to re-come out. So what you're saying is writing is therapy. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I've been a writer all my life, yeah. writing for newspapers. What is a writing prompt? I don't know oh. I don't know what that is. That may have I mean I'm I'm kind of I have a gray beard and gray hair, <laughs> what what's left of it. So maybe maybe that phrase wasn't around when I started. What is a writing prompt? Okay. And give me clues. So we do on like Wednesdays we'll do like a writing prompt together. So we have two. We'll do Exquisite Corpse, which is um just say um, the word is W-A-T-R, or like radio, right? And okay. so we would all like type a word in like the little text thing, and on the count of three, you just put out there. So you kind of make a, a poem, right? So like if we were doing it and, you know, I, okay, we start off with radio, and I say, okay, love to be on W-A-T-R, and you said like I'm a host, or whatever came to mind. Yeah. Then you read it all together, and <laughs> sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And sometimes we do build a story, which is you build on the next person's line, and then sometimes what we'll do is we'll start off, everyone takes turns each week with a prompt. And so like for my book, um, Prophecy Trilogy New Moon, the original prompt was um, New Moon, Leo, Portal, these three words. And from those three words, I had created a scene and then I just kept building on that scene and we now have a structure for a three part series. Well not to not to get to get ahead of ourselves here. New Moon is the uh, the first book in the trilogy. Correct. I know that Portal is the second. Correct. What's the third one gonna be? I don't know. I, I'm 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 thinking maybe Leo, but I don't know That's, if that works but that was what I was getting at. Yeah. Exactly. I I'm I'm tied to it. I don't know if that will really work, but like I'm really tied to, to that name. Okay, well with the new book New Moon Mm-hmm. Um, it starts out vivid, vividly. Let me read Thank the you. first line that you wrote. The blood-soaked earth groans for peace, and the ground shakes from warriors immersed in battle. And then it gets exciting after that. <laughs> where, where did the idea come from? What's the story? Yeah, so it really, the story starts off in New Moon. They're on, uh, they're right in the middle of a war that's been going on. And Now, New Moon is... Where? I mean, where? Mm. where is it? Let's. So New Moon is in a world that I have called Zodia, which is, think about if the Earth world, right, didn't have technology and we really emphasized, like, like really like an eco-friendly lifestyle, right? They're really conscious about the land and they have some elemental magic such as fire, earth, water, wind. So people are get to connect with these different elements and manipulate them in their daily life. But really not a world where we have technology, right? Everyone's not walking around with phones, right? They're really connected to the earth, the land, and just kind of like having this kind of intuitive island kind of lifestyle. So that's where it starts off and where we, uh, most of the novel will take place. And then go go ahead. I interrupted you, but no, go ahead. I just wanted to. I just wanted to give the setting to get to get it to get us off. No, wor- no worries. So, like, we start off in Zodia in the midst of this war, and you get to kind of see the the council and some of the the kind of structure of the government there, and then you're immersed into the two main characters, Eli and Talia, who are husband and wife, and we get to kind of see their bond, which you know they go through a struggle throughout the series, right? Their relationship really goes through the ebbs and flows this you know their connection kind of gets um, a little bit uh, torn and so you know we get to see that in this first book and then um, you'll see later 
Tabitha, who is all the, called the chosen one, right? So she's destined to go and save them from this impending danger. Because in Zodia, there are what we have these two suns, right? You have your your typical sun that rises and falls, and then you have the crimson sun, which is when it eclipses the the sun, the, the typical sun. There is an impending battle that will commence, and this evil will kind of hang over the land and so it's up to her to kind of save these people from that danger so i i guess i'm right in assuming you have a splendid imagination <laughs> yes unfortunately or maybe fortunately i mean where where, where do the ideas come from Are they just, do they just pop into your head or, or yes what? a lot of times yeah and i think you know it really helps like consuming content at least for me i was talking to someone else who's like um, a discovery writer which just kind of means like as you're writing you discover more of the story more of you know what's going on and we were talking about like consuming content really helps right because it kind of like it gets your mind kind of going just or like just kind of like exposing yourself to life like you walk right and you see something right like maybe you see i don't know this leaf floating and you kind of start letting your mind wander and then the story builds from there but um i think my friend cynthia carver who is also an author and definitely check out rent um uh, small bit of justice loved her book but she talked about the creative process and you know like when you're a kid and you start telling these stories like oh like we're going here and then we do this and just kind of like cultivating that uh, initial that that youthful creative spark i think is really helpful just kind of like not letting that die and just refinding that it's it's super fun and super fun to do that through writing i i can't imagine doing something like this a project such <laughs> as a trilogy especially especially when you're creating your own world i mean there is absolutely no way to research it <laughs> well you might take elements from like different cultures and things like that and then uh-huh. you, you let your your mind kind of go and and play from there I'm Bud Wilkinson. This is Talk of the Town on WATR. My guest this hour is uh, local author Liz Bullard, who is talking about her new trilogy. And it's very exciting, and we will have more in a moment. It's Talk of the Town on WATR with Bud Wilkinson, performance number six. I keep mentioning performance numbers, too, because I started last week, and I'll tell the quick story behind it just for a second. I used to have a friend who was the television critic for the Philadelphia Inquirer. And if you know reporters, they have reporters' notebooks. Well, he used to put a page number on every page of every notebook that he ever had. And he was into the hundreds of thousands. So he was keeping track of how many pages of notes he'd taken during the course of 40 years as a newspaper reporter. Crazy idea. And I'm thinking, well, I'm starting here with something new. I'll just mention the performance every day, every time I'm sitting behind this microphone. So that's why I mentioned six. Anyway, my guest this hour is, is local author, community activist, consular Liz Bullard. And we're talking about about her writing in her new book, New Moon. Um, why a trilogy? The next one up is Portal, as you mentioned. What's the what's the timetable on this? Yeah, so um, so actually, I'll give you a little background. So Portal, I thought, was going to be book one. So I went, wrote Portal, because that was the first thing I saw in my mind, wrote it, thought I was going to publish it, started kind of getting some beta reader, feed, beta reader feedback, um, and I was like, you know what? I need to have something before this, right? I need to give a little bit more context. So hence, (laughs) New Moon came out 
um, which is already out, which was released on July 17th. And it's available where? Uh, wherever you buy books, Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, Smashwords. So it's pretty much wherever you like to buy your books, it's out there. Okay. Um, and so... New Moon is already out. Portal is up for pre-order, um, again, on all those platforms, and is set to release on May 17th, 2024. So that's the deadline I'm giving myself. So, again, it, it's mostly there, but I need to go back and re-give some structures and, and fix some things. So I'm, my goal is to start edits by August and get it to, um, you know, uh, an, I think another round of developmental edits and then copy editing by no later than November. You know, the crazy thing about writing is you write something and you set it aside for even a couple of hours. You go back and you look at it and you go like, there's a better word than that one. Yes. What is it? And all of a sudden you start tweaking and you can tweak your copy, whatever you've written, you can tweak it to death because you're always trying to make it better. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And, you know, um, another of my friends, Danny Williams, who she writes paranormal paranormal romance, um, definitely you got to uh, check out her Nightshade Vampire series. Mm-hmm. I just finished. Love it. Um, she talked about, like, you can edit it to death. But at some point, you just need to let it go, and <laughs> and I, that that really helped, right? Kind of, kind of like, kind of like a breakup. Yeah, like <laughs> you, you just gotta let it go. You you do, and like it really helped because you can edit it to death. But like she talked about, you know, getting it to a point where you say like, yeah, I've taken it as far as I've taken it, and with New Moon, I really felt like I took it as far as I could take it. Now it's time to get Portal there. What's the writing process like? And I and I ask because. And it didn't involve writing, but I, I was talking once with uh, the one-time host of The Tonight Show, Steve Allen. He was one of the early hosts of mm-hmm. The Tonight Show. And he told me at that point, and, and I got to know him because he had worked at a radio station in Phoenix where I lived. Mm-hmm. And he's there, you know, I always carry a mini recorder with me. So if an idea pops into my head or a phrase, I click, I click it on and I always have it. Well, we have our phones now to do, to do the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Do you find yourself doing that? Something pops into your head do you do you go to your phone write it in notes or click a memo to yourself sometimes like sometimes like i will jot things down in like notes um but sometimes i'll just like i find like for me like if i get sit down and i just start typing and i tell myself don't stop until i don't know the end of this writing sprint or the end of this i tend to be really productive Right. Like that really is where I get to just not let any words of doubt or anything just kind of show up. I just kind of I don't overthink it. I just go. That seems to be most helpful for me. But, oh, yeah, like I I definitely sometimes lose stuff within notes because there's so many. What about writer's block? Ever have it? And what's the solution? Oh, yeah. So like there was a time um, right, it was it was during November, which was National uh, Novel Writing Month, NaNoWriMo, and I was so the goal for National Novel Writing Month is to get fifty thousand words by the end of this month, right? And um, a friend of mine, uh, Ngozi Robinson, again another great author, she has so many books out there. Um, she was having like a, a critique because on you know in part of this group, right? Some people there's other writing groups associated, right? So like on Clubhouse which is an app like, you know, Facebook, Twitter, all those, uh, there was one group that was giving her a critique. And in listening to the critique of hers, I was just like, wow, like her stuff is really good and my stuff isn't that good. What am I doing writing? And so like I really got into my head and I was just like, you know, what am I doing? I can't do this. And like the words would not come. Like I just got so in my head and it just 
it stunted me for a couple of days. Like it really, I remember just being just like in not a good spot. And then what I did is I, I took some space. I was ready to delete everything. And um, I went to the bookstore. I went to the bookstore, had a great week and just outside, just re kind of connecting with my writing and finding the fun in it again. And as simple and silly as that sounded, it sounds like it helped it not feel so that that pressure, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so I got to like, I just went back and I said, you know what? I'm just going to write the way I write. And um, from there, that was helpful. And then I learned about intuitive writing. And so I was like, oh, I really connect with this style. And so I, I kind of, what I did is I kind of fell in love with my writing and my style. And that helped. And so if, if someone is struggling with writer's block, take a step back. Maybe you're too close. Maybe you're being too judgmental of your work. And like just giving yourself that that break. I, I think don't look at writer's block as this thing that's trying to, we'll say like hurt you, but like it's letting you know like you're putting either too much pressure or you've kind of gotten off track here. We're talking to Liz Bullard, local author and community activist and counselor. We're talking about her new book, New Moon. I'm Bud Wilkinson. This is WATR. I should mention that, you know, mention the call letters. But um, do people, do friends ever say to you, I don't understand how you do it, how you can write? I mean, because I'm convinced that if, you, if you're a writer, yeah, it might be your job, it might be work, but writing is fun. It is. <laughs> it's so fun. And I think, right, so like, I have the luxury, right, like that's not my only job, right? So... I think that really helps. And when I find myself being, you know, too like, oh, I have to get this right or I have to do this. Right. Like anytime you get into the have to's or the shoulds, like like you're setting yourself up to fail. So if I notice I'm telling myself that I go back to the fun, like this is fun. Just have fun. Do you specialize or or do you. I'm trying to think. Do you just specialize in writing or do you do you write it? You you mentioned the poetry on on the prompts and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Is it helpful to do all kinds of writing, different styles of writing, or is it or is it better to focus in on one and just be really good at it? I like to call myself a multi-genre writer. Like, there are some people, they only write what they write. Um, you know, I like to try it all. And, like, in doing prompts, and, again, like, being in a writer's group where you have all these different styles, right? So, like, um, Danny Williams, like I mentioned, she does paranormal, paranormal romance. When it was her turn to do prompts, I was like, well, let me try to do romance. Hence, I had my short story, Twisted Romance, which is kind of like a romantic thriller that's available on Amazon. Um, if I didn't have, there's some groups, uh, some people in the group who like to do a little bit of like a thriller or a horror slant. So then I try and do that. I'm like, ooh, this could be a potential story. Let me revisit that. So it's really great trying different things. You may th say, like, I can only write this one thing. Cool. You might say, I'm actually a multi-genre writer, and I have fun doing that. I've got a friend. I, I was earlier in my career as a TV critic for a couple of newspapers, and I, I uh, developed a friendship with a with one of the critics at the time. Her name was Cheryl Woods. I knew her as Sherry. I still know her as Sherry Woods. Well, she went on to become a mystery writer. Did that for a little mm -hmm. while, then became a romance writer, and has been has written more than 
100 romance novels, has been on the New York Times bestseller list repeatedly. Two of her book series, her romance series, have been turned into TV series. Chesapeake Shores on Hallmark Channel. And uh, what's the other one? I'm losing. I'm having a having a little brain fade here. The other ones. The other ones on Net- Netflix. Steel Magnolias. So just oh. just came back. Steel Magnolias is hers, and she's the executive producer of these two, you know, TV series. And I look at her and I go, "You are amazing." And I mean, I'm so thrilled that she did it as a friend. It's nice to see your friends become successful. Mm-hmm. What are your goals? Oh wow, that's such a hard question. All right. My goals, I would love, like, 100 books would be amazing. Like, I would like to see myself get to 20 books. If I could get to 20 books, I'll be like, whoa, look at you. (laughs) (laughs) Get to 20 books, still enjoy what I'm doing, and have it be a a source of, like, passive income. I think a lot of indie authors, right, we all want to get to that point where, like, we are making more money than we're putting into these projects because you're you're funding all of it at you know so getting to that point where it is lucrative but it's still fun and then i can look back and say like wow i have a, a backlist here like that would be cool well you know it's it's the old story if you enjoy what you're doing it's not work so yeah but there still is that out-of-pocket element that that, <laughs> yes. that is a problem i'm bud wilkinson this is liz bullard who is an author a podcaster uh, a corgi owner. I've got a friend with a corgi. They are so adorable. <laughs> they aren't they? They are. They well. They my friends had had an, an elderly corgi, and I would uh, the, the corgi would come to club bud sometimes, but it was so old its back was bad. So you try to pick it up and put it on a you know on the sofa or something, and it would get really mean and vicious be, just because it didn't feel good. Now they've got a pup or they had a puppy. Of the I guess Bindi's maybe a year or two old now. What a lovely dog. Aww. Why corgis? You know what? The story of Mr. Preston, uh, I wasn't looking for a dog. Um, My mom liked to stop at, you know, like the little pet stores. And so there was one and we were driving and I was sitting in the car and she went in and then she comes out and she says, you have to look at this corgi. So, okay, I get in. I've always wanted corgis. I thought they were cute. And um, she like talks up this dog, right? And has like, she's caused the owner all this. They drop the price, all this thing. Like we're 20 minutes talking about this dog. So now I'm like, I can't leave. I got to take this dog. And so that is the story of Preston. I ended up going and because she talked him up so much. And that was his name. His name, um, you know, on the paperwork was Preston. I said, he looks like a Preston. So it stayed and I took him home and he's been uh, a spoiled, rotten brat ever since. (laughs) That is the only way to treat a dog. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You, you don't you don't own them; they own you. Oh, one hundred percent. Sleep on the bed. Oh, of course. Okay, I'm just I'm just asking. <laughs> Some people are opposed to that, and it's like if you're going to have a dog, might as well keep you warm at night. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I was I was just thinking, you know, you you might have older folks um, who are. I don't want to say shut in. That's the wrong word. We, they're, yes, they're shut ins. But I'm older folks that are home and don't have regular contact with that many people. You may have new people in town who don't know very many mm-hmm. people. You have other people that are just maybe introverted or shy. What advice do you give to to help them connect? What are the? Do you know some resources you can mention here in Waterbury and in the area? And what what can they do to to broaden and, and enrich their lives and liven their lives a little bit? Really good question. Yeah. So like, absolutely, connecting with people is like really important. And so 
start with what interests you, right? So whether that is writing, music, you know, whatever that is, start with what interests you. And like you might be, ha- there might be local groups that are, are involved in that. Um, if you're just like really shy and you're like, I don't want to meet in person, there's a lot of online groups. Um, so like find, start with what interests you. Um, libraries are like a wealth of knowledge and like so many groups there. So like go into like a library. Um, again, if you're in like a political heavy town like Waterbury, find the political groups. Like start attending their those meetings and see if there's people that you connect with. Let's shift again since we still have about nine minutes to go here. We haven't talked about your podcast. Oh yeah. I mean that's something that's that's really caught on. I think a lot of people don't understand, you know, how podcasts work and and how they're consumed and how popular they've become. I I, I listen sometimes to there's a, a Hollywood writer by the name of Ken Levine who used to be the uh, used to write scripts for MASH and Cheers. He was a, a script consultant or a storyline consultant for those shows, I think. And he has a, a podcast called Hollywood and Levine where he interviews people he knows in the business in Los Angeles. So it's kind of fascinating for somebody who used to cover television. But um, podcasts are something that are, there's there's a podcast out there, no matter what you're interested, no matter what your likes are, and it, it becomes like a habit. <laughs> How did you, I mean, you have two podcasts now? Yes, I have Coffee and Combos and the E-Reads podcast. How did they start? What's the subject matter? Yeah, for Coffee and Combos, um, I talk about politics, wellness, and activism. That started again, like with the the just politics. That we, there were so many great conversations happening, much of which was on the radio. And at that time, I didn't have access to hear them like live and when they were happening. So I said it would be great to have a pot, uh, podcast where you know people can kind of get that local news. So my cousin has a podcast, Seriously Podcast, where she talks about black web series. And from there, she kind of helped and coached me. So I started that one. Um, have a hundred shows now, and then the other one, E Reads podcast. I started around my authorship journey, and it's all about books, the creative process. Um, it's really great. Um, traditionally published, hybrid published, any published authors um, talking about writing um, in everything that goes into the creative process. This this may strike you as being uh, an odd or a <clears throat> not wise question. But it's one thing to walk into a radio studio and start talking, especially when you have a guest like yourself. We're talking to Liz Bullard, who is a, an author, community activist, and so much more. It's one thing to do that, but the idea of just sitting down and talking into a microphone alone in a room by yourself and going on for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, that's daunting. <laughs> Well, that's why I always have a guest, but like some people can like do that solo podcast. I just can't like I just I get really nervous when it is just um, myself, even like recording the intro. But like I, it's really great when you do have a really good guest. So do you add lib at all or do you, or do you script that script out a lot of it just to be safe? No, I just like I go and like we'll talk about like, hey, I'll ask like, you know, what do you want to talk about? And. Um, you know, we've had some really great um, topics, whether it's diversity in publishing, and this is with the E-Reads podcast, um, the character development, um, you know, anthologies, all these different things. And so I will just kind of like, just, I want to know more, kind of like, I'm like, oh, well, tell me more about this. And then like, what about this? And like, we just, it's very conversational. So, you know, it's a shorter podcast. I go about 20, 30 minutes and it's just really conversational. I end with a prompt. So each is an original prompt written by me based on what the uh, the guest has said. Some of my most recent were papaya, um, 
I've had squirrel. I've had <laughs> I've had phrases. So uh, if you check out the podcast, you'll get like an original prompt written by me. Well, we talked about it earlier, but let's get back since we only have five minutes left now. Let's get back to the prophecy trilogy, New Moon. Your new book, give us another hit on where you can get it, and then we'll talk some more about it. Sure, you can pick this up um, wherever you buy books, Amazon, Kobo, Barnes & Noble, Smashwords, wherever you buy books. You can go to the LizBullardWrites.com website where you have links and everything there to access um, all of my stories there. You have a, I say a fantasy world, you have a different world, a, a different culture. Um, what are you particularly proud of in terms of in terms of creating this world that you that you kind of went? I thought of that. That's an interesting element that I got in there. What, what? Yeah, I think I think the the elemental magic element um, is something that is most interesting to me. Like being able to weave that in and see how how would these people use fire? Like there's a scene with Eli and his daughter, uh, Allura, where they make glass together, right? Like she uses her fire, he uses his skill with air to kind of craft this. And I think that was really fun to think about like, wow, and like I actually made that make sense. So like that was really fun seeing that. So who's... So- so so what's the target audience? Who are you trying to reach with this? Yeah. I mean, because I'm, I'm sure it's, you know, fantasy, sci-fi, fi lovers. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, good. Um, so definitely if you're, it, it falls under like the magical realism. So like if you, it's, if you are like, I can't get into epic fantasy. It's not that far fantasy where it's an epic. It's more grounded in magical realism. So if you're into just a little bit of fantasy, you'll like this. Um, target age is adult women. Um, even though quite a few men have enjoyed the series because there's enough of that balance. We have Eli uh, and his journey there, but definitely adult women, probably like mid to late 20s uh, to like 40s. It's definitely who tend to kind of vibe with the content and the story. Sounds good. We've talked about so much. What haven't we talked about? Oh, really good. Oh, you're you're into cooking. (laughs) Yes. I forgot about that. You're into cooking. Gosh, you did do your homework. Yeah, like I love to cook. I don't put up nearly as enough cooking content, but like I love like tea, going and grabbing something good to eat. Absolutely. As far as cooking, what's your specialty? I know I'm not great at baking. I would love to be a good baker, but like I'll try anything with a recipe. I love savory stuff. Savory is definitely my jam. But I'm also really good at biscuits. I can do I can do a killer biscuit. Well, let me throw a phrase at you. See if you agree. You may or may not. There's no such thing as too much garlic. Oh, facts. Oh, garlic is amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. It was my big thrill. Uh, it was a Friday or over the weekend. I, I went out and harvested my garlic crop. Really? You know, people don't realize. Have you ever grown garlic? I'm trying to. It's not going great. <laughs> it's so easy. You plant it in the fall. You, you uh, Early June or whatever, you cut the scapes off. End of July, you harvest it. So maybe like Piece maybe, of cake. maybe I did it too early. Like it's just it just keeps dying on me. Does it have a lot of sun or not? It needs sun. Okay, maybe maybe the sun is probably the issue. Yeah, you need you need a lot of sun. But you can grow it anywhere. You can grow. I think you can grow it in like a you know a wooden, a wooden you know barrel yeah. or something or in a, I have it. I just have a small raised bed in my side yard, and I get about I don't know. I think I planted. Uh, 
20 cloves last year or 25 cloves. And it's just they came up in there. And this year they are absolutely huge. They're wonderful. All right. I'm not going to give up on the garlic then. Don't give up on the garlic. Anyway. Liz, I appreciate you taking the time to come in to talk. This has been this has been so enjoyable. Thank you so much. And and we've covered so much territory. I mean, I can't believe it. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. You've been a great host. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, now you get to uh, escape this fantasy world and go into the other fantasy world. The book again is called New Moon. It's a part of a trilogy. And uh, where can you get it again? You can get Prophecy Trilogy New Moon on Amazon, uh, Kobo, Barnes & Nobles, Smashwords, wherever you buy books. Uh, go check it out. Great. Liz, thanks for joining me. Thank you.